Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon with the call 10 stocks that you suggest we take a look at. I put it to an expert, <coughs> excuse me, expert panel uh, for their adjudication. We do it all in 60 minutes. And uh, terrific panel today, Nathan Thomas and Darren from uh, Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you on this Monday afternoon. It's good to be here. No, normally Nathan is up against <laughs> his old uh, sparring partner, Gaurav Sodi, but Gaurav's come down with the flu and a bad dose of the flu. Um, he sounds like on his deathbed, he did um, uh, He did uh, sort of threaten to come online, but saying he'd have to wear a beanie. And uh, we thought, no, we really couldn't picture that, Nathan, could we? So we asked Henry Jennings from Marcus today with uh, no beanie to come and uh, help us out. Uh, Henry, always great to see you uh, up on the northern beaches there with a, looks like a new federal member as well. We do. Hi, Koshi. Hi, Nathan. Yes, we do have a new federal member, which is fantastic news. Uh, very delighted about that, I have to say. We've been yeah. a safe liberal seat for so long and ignored for so long, and now we have a voice. Yeah, so uh, certainly part of the teal independence, uh, rocking a lot of liberal heartland over the weekend. Uh, share market up today in response. So that's uh, good news. I'm not sure it's a response to <laughs> Labor winning, but hey, they will take it anyhow. Um, stock of the day, I always choose, and uh, today Elders uh, is in firm focus, upgrading full-year earnings guidance by 30 to 40%. Uh, a strong winter crop outlook and improved production will help to offset margin pressure on some of its product lines. This is, as it reports, a significant jump in first-half net profit and a 40% increase in its dividend, up to $0.28 cents a share. Investors are loving the update. We with shares surging into the green by more than 11% this morning. So, what are our experts think? Let's kick off with uh, Mr. Agriculture himself, Nathan <laughs> Somersandaran, who has been on banging on about this uh, this food thematic for ages and liking elders for ages. It's paying off. Do you still like it? Yeah, look, I think five, six years ago, it was a complete basket case. Yep. And uh, I know Graf used to bash the crap out of it. Yep. Um, but it, <laughs> that is the time to look at it. And they did the right things. They structurally turned it around and they've been executing and it's been on a great run. Um, solid model. The macro is really positive. Right. Um, and look, these guys benefit from inflation, but they have the ability to transfer the pricing. It's like a supermarket. Mm. Because their customers are doing well, they're yep. able to pay a higher price. They don't care. Yep. You talk to most of the farmers, they don't care. Yep. They're willing to pay up because they're getting higher prices. So these guys continue to do well. They're not even really pushing the margins to protect their margins. Sorry, pushing up the prices to protect their margins yet because that's another leverage that they can play later. They're just benefiting from the overall cycle that's doing well. Right. So, um, look, the model's been great for the last three, four years, and I, I continue to see this doing better. Um, it's just that, you know, you look at it and... So we haven't missed the boat if you're not in Elders? It's, it's a tough one. It's a solid performer at the moment. Yep. You buy it, it's growing, they're doing the right thing, the macro is good. I think the food thematic plays for a number of years because it's not like something else where you can just turn on the supply. Yep. It'll take a long time. And you can see in some of the emerging markets, they get really getting into trouble. And a lot of countries are now starting to ban exports because of the food problem. Yep. So I think Elders continues to benefit out of that. At um, 1526? I think, I think the, oh, look, tomorrow morning, all the brokers will upgrade, right? right. Uh, everyone will go to a buy. Right. Uh, this is the typical, you play the brokers. So the stock price will probably go up again tomorrow. Right. Um, the multiple looks expensive, and it is one of those ones, because it's a good quality performer and has been delivering upgrades on a regular basis, you, you never see the discount, but you buy it because they're executing, till yep. they don't do that. So I'm there, I think it's still a good buy, 
but you buy it for the execution. They're still doing well, the macro is good, everything is working out. If it doesn't, and if something turns around, then you look to take profit. But at the moment, I'm more than comfortable buying it because they're doing the right thing, the macro is good, mm. the thematic's good. Okay. Henry, what do you think of the update and, uh, and the um, elders as a, as a stock at the moment? Henry, you there? And his wife. Oh, look. I am here. Yep. Um, I have to confess, Koshi, that a great man of mine's wife is the CFO of Elders, and she's doing a fantastic job. And Elders are doing a fantastic job as well. And they, you know, this is the diversified way to play the agricultural sector. Forget about the Inghams, forget about the Costas, which have weather issues. These guys are absolutely cleaning up at the moment. The agricultural sector has been a, a, a very successful sector for Australia. And we're talking about food inflation. Farmers are pretty happy. We saw the result last week of uh, Australian agricultural <coughs> company, AAC, with their, uh, that's the beef producer. Uh, yep. Again, really good results. All time high, I think, for that stock. Had a bit of a dip, then pushed higher. This is a really good growth stock. Great exposure to the agricultural side of things. We know there's inflation, but you know food prices or agricultural prices are, are very elevated, like lots of commodities at the moment. There's nothing wrong with this. Good management, good quality company, great exposure to the agricultural thing. We've loved this for a while. I've loved this for a while. Obviously, I can't not because of uh, my friend and uh, her involvement with the company, but it, it's certainly been a core holding for us in one of our thematic portfolios, and uh, it will remain so. And as Nathan rightly says, uh, tomorrow all the brokers will update and upgrade because that's just the way of the world. And let's face it, when you look around the market at the moment, there is so much caution, there is so much uncertainty. You know, there's a couple of things you can rely on in death and taxes, and maybe the third one is elders at the moment in terms of the, right. um, the agricultural exposure. So bit of a fan of this one. I think it will push higher and uh, you know, it's had a big spike today. Maybe we'll see a small pullback, but I think over time this one is a good long-term yeah. buy and uh, it's a buy from me. Yeah, and uh, good dividend payout as well. Just on that. As it, uh, you've always referred to it, Nathan, as a uh, agricultural listed investment company, haven't you? It is, it is. And, and they're traded. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention is Instec Pivot in the similar yeah. kind of thematic on a global basis came out with the uh, update today they're going to split their business. Yeah. Explosive and fertilizer. Everyone knows how good fertilizer is. Everyone knows the food thematic. Everyone's paying for that. But they ignore the explosive business and splitting it out suddenly puts attention to the unloved asset. Um. And reality is if you look at what's happening with Orica, they're doing better. They're on an upgrade cycle. Things are doing better. There's a new asset coming into the market. I reckon there will be a lot of people looking at that going, is this potentially the ugly duckling that's going to come attract some M&A? Okay. So there's a lot of play going so on. So like Tadcorp split that's bits right. off like Woolworths did with Endeavour. You don't expect it you, from fertiliser. You put it, yeah, you, you take your sexy asset, put the not so sexy one out there, new management pays attention. There's right. an, another agri-related okay. sector that's going to get attention. All right. Uh, let's get into the uh, stocks you want us to look at. In this half hour, we're going to be taking a, a look at Xero, uh, ARB, Tassel, Eris Resources, and also Veeam in the first 30 minutes. Um, Henry, um, Henry, uh, another Henry, wants your view on Xero. He says, I like Xero as a business, but some of my confidence has been shaken after the recent falls. It's quite a big fall. Um, thoughts on whether now is the time to uh, to buy, to average down? Thank you, Henry, for the question. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, I, I you know this this was the the poster child of the Australian tech sector, wasn't it? Sticky yep. business, great product, reinvesting back in the business, especially into the US to try and grow that subscriber base. But it, when you look at the chart, it has been a bit of a torrid ride for shareholders and it's gone from sort of 150 bucks to uh, hit 80 uh, it's back up towards 90 dollars it's very much a tech stock and it's a tech play and it's a nasdaq play to some extent the subscriber numbers in the u.s are hardly the stuff of dreams i know they're investing back there but the, the numbers uh, were a little bit more conservative on the outlook there for subscriber numbers and 
Australia and New Zealand are probably a little bit saturated in terms of the, the market for this. This is accounting software. They can add more bells and whistles, of course, and they have added lots of bells and whistles. But the big key for these guys is the US. And it's not an easy market to push. Let's face it, the costs are going up in terms of staff, marketing and all that sort of stuff. It's very much sentiment driven. I'd say that uh, hopefully we may have seen the bottom of this one around the $80 level. It's bounced up to 90. Mm. I think we could see a further bounce as long as we see the US market hold in, but that is a big call at the moment. We are seeing that volatility on the US. For me, it's probably a hold at 90 bucks, and uh, but it is very sentiment driven and it's mm. got to get more runs on the board in the US. Once you get the runs, it is sticky software because no one wants to change their accounting system too often it's not something you do lightly so once you're in you're in but uh, there's plenty of competition they've been in the u.s for a long time it would be nice to see um that kind of um the the, the, the platform if you like the platform actually sort of see the benefits of the mm. uh, the user growth in the u.s but i don't think that's happening yet i think it still needs to get more numbers that cost more money so it's it's probably a hold and dependent on sentiment with NASDAQ. If NASDAQ rallies, then this will rally back up to 100 bucks. Yep. Uh, Maitha uh, dominates the small business accounting sure. uh, market here in Australia, along with MYOB, the two behemoths, Zero. Um, originally a New Zealand tech That's right. company, which you love. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Can it oh, look, Kindle? Oh, look, I think it's a great business. I think the model is great. Um, as uh, Henry said, it's a platform tech. That That's what always gets my attention. If yep. it's a platform tech, what they can do with that platform in offerings in the future drives the growth. So they have organic growth built into that model. So it is a great model. They did really well in Australia and New Zealand. The accounting business model is different in different parts of the world. Yep. I was very skeptical when they went to US. Initially, they've actually hit really well. They hit the ground running, but obviously they're running into issues. And you have to remember the last I think it's about 2016 when bond yields started to collapse. We've had pretty much a growth stocks getting priced at very high multiples. Yep. Now I could never work out how much that went into zero, but it's such a good model that people are willing to pay for it. You know, one, as you said, it's New Zealand. Two, accountants loved it. They were buying this stock. It didn't matter what the price was yep. because the product is good. Three, they've actually hit the ground running in the US. So there's a lot of things to love about it but then everyone loves it. So the multiple was insane. So it was hard to work that out as well. So we are seeing that come off. Look, my favorite tech platform is Altium, right? right? That's the best proven mature model. It's already gone through some consolidation. It gets a bid every you know, 12 months. Yep. And yet that has come back from mid 40s to high 20s now. Yep. So even the best are getting hit. So zero will get hit. Henry's right. This is a sentiment proxy at the moment. It's about growth stocks. I think the interest rates go, at least in the US, will get to mid twos, probably closer to three, before they go, uh-uh, and then reverse, right? And that's going to play out till the end of this year. Yeah. So I don't see a real jump into growth stocks in the short term. I think the bond yields come off and a risk off, but that's not going to be positive for growth stocks. Yeah. So I think short term, I think growth stocks are still going to struggle. So I'm not jumping in, but this is a really, really high quality business model. I think in the long term, it'll do really well. So if, if you're going to jump in, I'd be looking at nibbling over the next three to four months. Just buy a bit at a time, spread it yep. over time, because I don't know where the bottom is. It is a really high quality business. So I look at Zero, I look at Ordinate, I look at Altium and say, you know, in 12 months, 18 months, you're going to be doing well. Yep. The question is, you're probably going to go lower. So if you jump in and buy all of it now, in two months, three months, you probably might not be so happy. Okay. So if you spread it, you manage your risk. All right. Uh, speaking of nibbling, Scott wants to know whether you'd be nibbling Maiton at ARB, the uh, big automotive accessories group. If you want to pimp your four-wheel drive, you take it to ARB for a, a new bull bar or a fridge that fits in the back or whatever. Uh, Scott says, uh, after the substantial pullback is now a good opportunity for an entry, say a third outlay today for a position and build up nibble for the next 12 months. This is an interesting sector. Um, you know, people underestimated this through the pandemic yep. and the supply chain issues and all of that came through. Anything with automotive linked 
just went through the roof. Yep. And they're very well managed, property play, everything worked for them. There's, there's really good business. Family uh, founder lead. Exactly. That's so, right. you know, you, you've had that. Have we reached the peak in consumer spending? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these things, once you buy, are you going to go and buy again? Probably not. Yeah. And these are the things that the markets are worried about. It's Everyone knows what's happened in the past was phenomenally mm. positive. Can that be replicated into the future? I think the consumer-related ones are probably not. Because uh, they went well during lockdowns, didn't they? Because rather than travel interstate or overseas, you'd pimp your four-wheel drive and go camping. There's, there's everything that you can think of <laughs> Went well in, in a well came in as a win behind yeah. them. So, yeah, yeah. so they've done so well. So this is what you have to remember. What happened in the last couple of years, especially the last four or five years, are so unique in the last 40, 50 years. So to assume that those thematics will re replay yeah. is a, it's a really hard Big sell. Call. So yeah. I, I'm not jumping into that thematic. I'm waiting to see how it plays out. Anything consumer related for me in the next six to 12 months is a real high risk play unless right. it's, you know, unless you can see the macro working for you. I don't think the macro stacks up for it. So I'm not chasing to pick the bottom on this one. Henry? Oh, this is a really hard one, Kosh. I mean, there's a lot of headwinds at the moment going against it with uh, with supply chains, with not being able to order your favourite Land Cruiser, uh, your Hilux, all that sort of stuff. And that's where all the toys go. Um, but you know what? People do tend to spend up on the toys. And at some stage, that supply will start to come back online. I guess this is a bit of a straw hats in winter kind of play. Do you buy before that demand comes back? Because, you know, having just been out into the wilds of New South Wales, into the outback, let me tell you, there are an awful lot of people with some serious money gone into their rigs. And ARB have done extraordinarily well out of that. And they're not going to stop going into the wilds by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that some of these problems they have are short term, but Nathan's right, discretionary spending dollars, when you've got interest rates rising, can be hard to come by. The question is whether you consider this discretionary spending or whether you consider it um, essential spending to pimp your ride. They've, yeah. they've suffered big time. Let's face it, uh, freight costs and supply chains, all the issues suffered big time. They're trying to find a bit of a base at the moment. You know, that, that question was about whether you have a little nibble. And I think you probably do start to have a little bit of a nibble only mm. because, you know, by the time this sector takes off again, this stock will be back up and, and running again, and you'll be, you won't be nibbling, you'll be gulping at the high prices you have to pay as opposed to nibbling now. So it is a straw hats in winter kind of scenario. And given the, you know, the cost of actually going overseas and, and flying internationally, which is still um, relatively cheap, but it has risen quite dramatically with fuel prices, I think this one is worth a look at these prices, I have to say. But it's okay. a straw hats of winter, counter-cyclical kind of play. You might have to be patient and you might see lower prices. Okay. All right, Scott, there you go. A really clear direction there. Uh, Kim Henry wants a view on Tassel, uh, another agricultural play, but this time in uh, in salmon rather than, than crops. What do you think of uh, Tassel? What a, it's our biggest salmon producer, is it? and salmon farmer? It is. It is our biggest salmon producer. And I must admit, I've, I've kind of shied away from this one. This story has always been a little bit problematic for me. There's there's a lot of environmental concerns, I guess, about uh, um, sort of farmed salmon to some extent and also, you know, what it's done to the environment where it is being farmed. So to me, this is one that I'm shying away from, I must admit. And, if you know, if we're looking at those agricultural stocks, we've, we've talked about elders and I think that gives you the broad range um, for, um, for the sort of the agricultural space. These guys are pushing into prawns. I'm not sure if that's the right way to put it, but they are expanding into prawns. Um, so they're not hugely reliant on salmon. To me though, there's just too many moving parts. It hasn't performed badly, to be honest. And when you're looking at a world where protein is getting more and more expensive in terms of beef, pork, 
not so much chicken because uh, we haven't seen the big rises in chicken yet necessarily. But certainly this is an alternate source of protein. The world's going healthier, but I just really struggle with the number of moving parts. You know, a, a rise in sea temperature has a detrimental effect. There are some environmental concerns. Twiggy's obviously been quite active in this space through hue and agriculture as well, aquaculture. And so um, there has been a little bit of corporate interest. It's probably safe and defensive, but yeah, it's it's a for me it's a hold at best. I much prefer mm. to go with elders. Okay, uh, Nathan, does this fit into your food thematic? It does. Um, the great aquaculture. Um, look, I think the thematic works, um, but Henry's right. There there are issues. It's it's not easy. Uh, no. But what I like about Tassel, it's got a vertically integrated model. Right. Everything from the production side to the retail shop, right. the Costi brothers and yep. all of that. Yep. So um, a, friend of mine, a friend of mine used to oh, work there. that's right. Yeah. They owned a Costi. Yeah, that's right. They? Because yeah. a friend of mine used to work there. So when I was, you know, when I was young, a lot younger, uh, we used to play sports and we used to go to the Costi and he would make us fish and chips. <laughs> so that's how I remember. It's <laughs> good, a great... Good it's a, friend to have. I know, I know. It's a cheap deal. <laughs> he doesn't work there anymore, thank God. Um, now, the beauty of it is, uh, look, I think it's a great business model, but... As with anything, the cost of production has gone up. Yeah. Every cost, you know, wages to uh, production cost to every every bit of that has gone up. But salmon prices have actually held up quite well. Now, if you look at it on Aussie dollar terms, uh, European salmon prices are at all-time highs. Mm. So, you know, global market, it's doing really well. Can they get it out there? Probably there's a lot of issues in that. So I don't think they're going to benefit all the way through that. But compared to most other places, like if you look, you know, there was always a theory about lobsters as a, su- a supplement uh, uh, when uh, China wasn't buying as many lobsters yep. and so forth. That, those things didn't really play out because I actually buy salmon on a regular basis. I keep a track on what the supermarket prices. They've been pretty stable through right. the whole pandemic. So um, it's doing well. I think the numbers will be okay, but the cost will be higher. So the market is not so sure. So these are the kind of stocks that move after the result. So you have to be patient. So I don't think you need to rush in. I think you can wait for the market to either love it or hate it. At the moment, you've got market risk. So I think the salmon prices are doing well. I think the market's good, uh, but I think the market won't pay up for an agriculture stock at this point. So yeah. you've got time. So you can wait for that. So I would buy a bit at a time, um, or if you, if you want to play the cycle, I would wait for the result and buy before the result if it doesn't move much, because you don't need to rush in. Right. It's not like an Elders or a New Farm or an Instec Pivot. It's a global play. It's not a big yep. diversified play. So you've got time. I think you can wait not to carry the market risk and wait for the results and trade the results. Right. So hold for you as well, didn't Yeah, oh, but I think, look, or out of that, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a, I would go for a nibble. Okay. The two that I'm keeping an eye on is Select Harvest and Tassel, uh, unique plays, uh, both protein plays in a different kind. And the Select updates the are not arms, great. Yeah, and it's not, yeah. the updates haven't been great. Yeah. And there are dynamics in the sector that needs to be played out. But there are potential risks in supply side that could affect them on yeah. a global basis. And then these things could come into play. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. That question, Kim. Uh, Henry Callum wants a view on Eris Resources, the uh, gold and copper miner, uh, copper, gold and silver miner and explorer. Um, yes. This is an interesting one. It's got a pretty good register, actually. Tudor is uh, one of the largest shareholders on this, and there's a few other big instos on this one. They've just bought a business, or they just bought a project or a com- mining company called, uh, what's it called, Round Oak Minerals from Sol Pats. And they've done an equity raise, and they've done an issue of shares to Sol Pats as well. So I think Sol Pats ends up with around 20% of the new kind of uh, new entity. So they've got skin in the game. There's a few guys that have got skin in the game. I've got to say, this one doesn't look bad. It got whacked mm. around the head. Um, they raised money at 10.5 cents, and it struggled uh, after that with some indigestion. But that happens, and the market, I think, has to work through that. But this round oak thing doesn't look too bad at all. I have to say, I think they're probably a buy here, to be honest. Okay. It's speculative. But, um, you know, I still like the resource space. And I think this deal is, is a good one for them. I think two and two does make probably five with this, uh, with this round oak thing. They've obviously got Soul Pats on board. Robert Milner's joining them, I think, as a director, um, which is good. Big tick of approval as well. He's, um, he's pretty well respected and knows his stuff. So, you know, 9.2 cents, you're getting at a discount to where they raise money and where 
where Sol Pats took shares at ten and a half cents. I think this is a buy, to be honest. I still okay. like the resource sector. You know, All right, it's, spec buy. On it's what Australia does. Mm. Yeah, Nathan. Yeah, it's, it, Henry's right. This is interesting. What's happened? There's some big boys in there. Yep. Big fund managers in there. Sol Pats has come in. Um, it's a small, small stock. Yeah. It's an explorer. Yeah. Um, buying another asset, more exploring. And uh, there's a lot of big players for a small stock. So it's worth, I mean, it definitely gets your attention. Um, I think the- Big players in a small stock. Yeah. That's an interesting- it, it, I mean, yeah. look, they must know something. Yeah. They're not going to go in, and these are not very liquid. Now, Mason, there's always continuous disclosure and things like that. Uh, yeah, that I, I, have not, I, have, I have no knowledge of anything, <laughs> I'll say that. There, there, is a, there is a broker covering it, and to put the caveat in there, um, that broker has been downgrading. Oh. So the existing oh, okay. model wasn't as good. Right. Or they didn't value it as well. Right. Now, the acquisition makes it different. Now, Saul, Saul Patterson's in play. And, you know, there are a very good list of private equity players. Right. They, you know, they've got a pretty good track record. So if you're going to back someone, you back someone like them to pick the right assets. Yep. So, you know, I think they're, they're in the right place. Um, I would be definitely, it's, it's high risk. But I think it's worth the punt. Uh, hmm. Look, in the shorter term, it's going to be, it's an explorer, so it's going to be volatile in this kind yep. of market. So but, spec buy as well. Yeah, I think it's a spec buy. I think it's, you know, okay. you're, you're backing sore pats and hell, you could, right. you could do a lot worse. Callum, thank you for the suggestion. You've really caught our attention on that one. Uh, Nathan, Paul wants a view on Veeam. Uh, Paul had a nibble at 90 cents. We've really set off this nibble, haven't we? Um, <laughs> last couple of months. Months has become the vernacular. Wanting to know how the boys view the stock now that it's dropped uh, back to 50 cents, so going from 90 to 50. Um, the business seems to be ticking over well. I'm thinking of having another nibble at these levels. Love to hear their views. Nathan Veeam is the, uh, is the scooter manufacturer is that electric scooters uh, big manufacturing facilities no. yeah China. they've got a few things that they're manufacturing they're like you look at their latest presentation you know the blue sky market huge yeah. uh, what they have is very small and you know what they can do into it um, it looks it you know it looks interesting but so does every marketing pitch yeah. right um, this is a market that is not willing to pay for four or five year growth yeah. two years ago this thing is worth yep. gazillions, right? <laughs> and now it's a completely different story. So you have to understand the market sentiment. So it's, it's, you've got to pick stocks for the market. Yep. Uh, whether you're right or wrong is irrelevant. What the market thinks is what matters. So at the moment, they're not paying for growth. I don't think you're going to get, in the next six months, um, anyone getting excited about these kind of growth stories. Yep. Now, the trick here is, do you know the management well enough? Is there a catalyst coming to change the dynamics in the next six months? Well, if you, if you do believe that, then it's worth having a punt. I just think it's too hard in the micro cap space to punt on stocks that have come back so far. And you have to remember, we are in May. June yep. is tax loss selling. Ah. This stock is a tax loss a, selling. Right. Right? You, yep. If you look at the last 12 months, that's where you are. You've gone from last June, yeah, $1.20 plus $1.30, yeah. you're halved. So if you're going to see tax loss selling, this is a potential risk for that. So. Right. You do not buy these stocks in June. Right. So you buy these in July. Right. So um, micro caps that have underperformed in the last 12 months, um, illiquid stocks in a bad market, we're in a bear market. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, forget about the 20%, that's just garbage. Anything, once you pass 10, 15%, you're looking at a bear market. Yeah. So we're in a bear market. So you have to be careful. So micro caps that have underperformed like this, especially by 50%, you do not touch them till you get to July. Yeah. If you miss it, so be it. Yeah. This is not the time to be hero. This okay. is time to be defensive. So I'd be saying, keep an eye on it. Wait for a July. If it sees more downside risk, that's probably the time to buy. Have, have a look. Uh, American share market, I was reading over the weekend, uh, down eight consecutive weeks. First time that's happened since 1932. Yeah, seven. I'm a data guy. <laughs> oh, 1997. No, no, uh, seven consecutive weeks. We just had seven consecutive. Uh, oh, sorry, I was looking at the yeah. global market. Yeah, yeah. So global markets are actually down seven. Right. You're right. Uh, America is down more, so yeah. it's dragged it. The rest of the world, like Australia, have mm. actually. Australia is only down four yeah, percent for the no, year. We've done it right. So it's a commodity, right? Yeah. So there are some. So it, it's quite interesting in that context. So um, 
you have to accept the fact that we are in a bear market. Australia has done better than the world. Yep. So this is where the risk return, you've got to be really careful yep. how you play it. Uh, what's your view, Henry, on Veeam? Um, well, one point I would like to make is that Nathan talks about Australia being in a bear market. We're only down 4%. That's not a bear market. Um, I have to say 20% is a bear market. The US hasn't even got to an official bear market as yet. So, you know, we've oh, pulled pretty up pretty close. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I? Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. But um, now, I, I don't know if I looked at the wrong stock with Veeam, but it's um, these guys make propulsion systems for boats and they make gyroscopic. Oh, yeah, they do that too. That's oh, they do. It's that's not that's, a scooter a, that's one. why it's about a 14 bill market. Right. They're about 3 million. That's so right. They've, they've got. They've got absolutely That's the stabiliser no one, is it? It is the stabiliser one. They've got V-Moto, I think, Koshi, is the one you're thinking. That's which right. Does yeah. Scoop, yeah, my apologies. Um, into Asia and places. So Veeam itself does propulsion systems, propellers, yeah. and gyroscopic systems. They're a defence contractor. It's only a $76 million market cap. I don't, I've got to say, I don't mind this one. It's probably going to you know, pick up some patrol boats and those sorts of things. The problem I have with this is it's a big liquidity problem because you know the the largest shareholder has 50.2 percent then after that you've got perennial with 11.8 so there's 62 odd percent um, right. and chuck in celeste at four percent and you've got 66 percent of this thing is held by three people uh, effectively and uh, the volume on a daily basis is pathetic right um, you know okay. it, it is not great so th that is the problem um, it's it's obviously suffered if you look at the chart it has suffered big time there's nothing uh, gyroscopically stable about this share price <laughs> that's for certain and maybe they need to fit that to their own share price but it has it is trying to find a bit of a bottom and I guess it's going to be interesting to see what the new government does in terms of defense spending because there is some uh, some potential contract wins for, uh, for new frigates and those sorts of things with their propulsion and gyroscopic things. So it's trying to find a bottom, but as, as Nathan rightly points out, you know, it's it's hard in this market to get very enthusiastic about speculative stocks. But having said that, you know, there's a lot of babies being thrown out with the bathwater at the moment. We are coming into June with this tax loss selling, which is going to be around. Uh, the time to buy it is probably actually not in July when they popped a little bit on the back of everyone going, oh, it's all over now. Um, but probably the time to buy it is that nibble, uh, maybe during June, mid-June towards the end of June, when it sort of reaches a crescendo. Um, but as I say, the, the problem with this one, forget about the business. I think that's a pretty sound business, and they're doing yeah. pretty well in winning contracts, etc. It's just the liquidity is the big yeah. turnoff. If you wanted to shift 100,000 shares, you could whack it 10%. Equally, if you wanted to buy 100,000 shares, It'll be up 10%. So right. it makes it hard on that basis. I, I think this has got good long-term potential, but you've got to see through uh, the, the next few months, I suspect, okay. until we get it, it clarity. Is a, I mean, Henry's right. This, in, in a twisted way, they do have a, a proposition that's quite unique. Mm. And you're not going to get a lot of people doing that. Yep. So if you see the execution actually flow through and you start to see the revenue mm. come in, then it doesn't matter if it's bounced 20%, you yeah. jump on it. Yeah. See, right now, the market still doesn't see the execution. They don't see the tire hitting the road yet. Yeah. And that's what everyone's waiting okay. to see. And this is a market that's hard to find. That's why right. you've got to be careful. But right. I think it's but an interesting keep a watch. Oh, it's keep a good stock. It. It's a good stock. I remember Luke Winchester was the first to cover it here on a call ages and ages ago. And I had, you know, what's a propulsion system or a stabiliser? It's a good YouTube video. It's like you... one that Gaurav, you know, about the, uh, uh, F1 motor coolant and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah, things yeah. like that you don't think about. Yeah. But one thing you learn from that experience is that it, unique business yeah. propositions and can, have can be margins. a big value. All right, uh, let's recap the first five stocks. Elders, a yes from both Nathan and Henry. Zero, hold from Henry, a nibble from Nathan. ARB, a nibble from Henry, a no from Nathan. Uh, Tassel, a hold from Henry. Um, Nathan's back nibbling. Uh, Eris, a speculative buy from both the fellas. And Vima, no at this stage. Um, so here on the call, we've been following our own uh, fantasy portfolio, of course, our 
High Conviction Fund, and uh, which is chosen by our investment committee. They'll be meeting again in the next two weeks or so. Uh, you can see all the stocks in osbiz.com. Uh, recent additions, Tabcorp, Domino's, Ardent Leisure, and Tyro added to the portfolio. So far, since the 1st of March, the fund down 3% on a cumulative return basis. Keep sending in your request to the call because it's the first filter to get up to the committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we'll be taking a look at Globe International, EML Payments, Playside Studios, Whitehaven Coal and Race Oncology. Um, Henry, uh, Chloe wants a view on Globe International, the big uh, skate, skateboard uh, uh, apparel hardware business, uh, operates in North America, South America, Europe and uh, manufacturing centres in Melbourne and through the US as well. What do you think of Globe? <laughs> uh, well, I have to say, Koshi, I am a holder personally of Globe. My son uh, is and was a keen skateboarder and uh, certainly I, I remember buying them many, many donkeys years ago uh, on the back of that, giving some exposure to that. Um, the, as an aside, the nibble, I think, in official finance parlance is, is probably accumulate right. as opposed to nibble. But I, th- <laughs> but, I, but I think nibble certainly sums it up more than accumulate. Yep. As far as Globe goes, though, the, the problem with Globe is it makes Veeam look really tradable because Globe <laughs> is even worse in terms of liquidity. You know, two or 3,000 shares a day, maybe. Or yeah, um, there was one chart. day a week ago, 183 shares traded. I mean, this is, you know, this, this is crackers, really. Um, it probably should be a private company. There's, a, there's some big, big shareholders. Stephen Hill and Peter Hill, between them, own 60%. Matthew Hill owns 8.4%. So there you go. There's 70% between... Hills, um, and you know that that is that makes it pretty hard. They they don't pay a bad dividend, they don't have a bad business, but I just you know I, I've got them because of uh, history, and I haven't got very many, and I just get a nice little dividend check every now and then, which is happy days. But you know, if, again, if you wanted to sell or buy ten thousand shares, it'll take you days. That's yeah. just you know th- these are these are stocks that are just too illiquid. And you do question why they are actually listed. Uh, it may be that um, at some stage that the Hill brothers or the Hill family take this thing private again and uh, it just becomes a private company. There's obviously some advantages in having a listing because in terms of valuation and the, yeah. and the sort of the sort of um, the, the imprimatur that brings to you as a business, that, that kind of, yeah, we're an ASX listed company. It just looks great. But, um, you know, skate shoes, I don't know. It's, yep. um, it's a tough world out there at the moment. There's plenty of competition. It's, um, it's just hard to invest in ones that trade 180 yep. shares a day. Um, interestingly, they have a workwear brand, right. brand as well, which apparently is going gangbusters That's as well. Right. So it's uh, hip for its uh, skatewear, sure. but the big money That's is in its workwear. It's, That's why a lot of people invest in universal stores, yeah. don't they? Because they think Globe is is too illiquid. Yeah. Universal in a similar you get the, sort of you get the kids fashion thing. market. Yeah. yeah. Um, Globe is very unique in the context they build brands. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got their own customer base, they understand their customer base when they work something out, they build a brand similar, they market it at the yep. same time, they build these brands after brands. Uh, yeah, and again, that's uh, the workwear is a, a phenomenal uh, part of it. It's yep. worth probably a fair chunk of the valuation. Um, look, I, I think the management's great. I think they have a track record of delivering. Um, I think. In a, in a twisted way, most retail stocks are going to struggle in a weaker yep. consumer spending. But I think the younger generation will benefit from what happened in the election cycle because technically, one of the big thematics that the Labor government is going to go with is about raising minimum wage. Mm. 
we should flow through to the younger generation a lot more yep. than the older generation. And guess what? Their customer base is the younger generation. So yep. they're going to do a lot better. So I think they actually benefit out of that. Um, I think also they're quite unique brands. And so you're not going to get a, you know, a replacement type model. Uh, you want that because people want that for that reason, that yep. branding. So uh, I think they hold up quite well. It's obviously in the shorter term with rates going up, blah, blah. It's going to be negative as with any retail stock. But I think that's that actually works against, I mean, sorry, I think that's probably going to hide the fact that it's a, such a good model that can develop. So you're looking for really high quality retailers like Levisa. Um, there's a few guys who are really good that yep. have proven themselves. And I think Globe is one of those ones. They yeah. can build their Just own liquidity brand. Just liquidity where are you though? That, 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 that's the problem. But look, major shareholders are you know, business owners. So yeah. you know, they're not there to do a one week or one month pump. They're right. there for the long run. Right. So I think it's one of those ones where for a retail investor, this is an interesting mm. one. When okay. it has a decent pullback, you buy it. And I think it's had a decent pullback. You buy some, this is a nibble for me. Right. You add it over time. Market <laughs> volatility, we might see more downside risk and it comes off. but. I okay. think you look over six to 12 months. And, and also, it's a stock when parents and grandparents say to me, oh, we've got kids or grandkids, I want to get them interested in the market. And I always say, buy stocks they relate to. That's it. This is a classic, and Henry, you got into it because your son was... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is one of those stocks that... that they can relate to. That's right. That, and, and, and the thing is, and the generation, we're going through the demographic change. Yep. The younger generation is coming into the, the work, into the super, all of that, and yeah. they're going to be looking at these okay. things. Okay. All right. Um, Nathan, Josh wants to be on EML payments. Josh says, wondering if you can run this dog uh, by the team, notwithstanding recent moves down with interest rates on the rise. Uh, is EML benefiting? Is it now buy? Or uh, Josh was thrown in the nibble as well. Uh, EML payments, of course, the big prepaid gift card and transaction card business. Got a few, had a few issues with regulators in Ireland, mm. which it's trying it's to come back from. It's had a few issues, that's one yeah. way to put it. Um, so it's pretty much for the last 12 months, it's been on a downgrade cycle. Yeah. You know, higher risk, more downgrades, uncertainty, and the market's pummeled it. So it's gone from about, ooh, 550 12 months ago to now $1.50. Yep. Um, so it's had a decent pullback. Um, the only problem is this is going to trade with how the economy trades, how the rate cycle plays, um, and that's probably not looking great. Right. This is not going to be the first point of call for things to recover. So look, I, I think it's an interesting model, but I think it'll take time. And at the yep. moment, it's going to be, the market's probably going to put this in the basket of just too hard. Yep. And so I don't think it's worth the risk return in the next six months. I think you look look at it later on, but I think over the next six months, this is probably not going to do much for you. Okay. Close to a five-year low. Henry, what do you think of EML? Well, I've got to say, Koshi, there's an old adage about investing in things you don't understand. And if you don't understand it, you shouldn't invest in it. And I have to say, well, what is, in, in theory, a simple business, uh, gift cards and shopping centers and those sorts of things, this thing has become more complicated than any other business I've ever kind of looked at. And I've tried really, really hard to like this one. And at times I have liked it and done quite well out of it, but it's just been a disappointment. Regulatory issues in Ireland, obviously that was the big issue. Um, and the, uh, the market was kind of, uh, it got comfy with that for a little while and, and thought that maybe they could see through that, maybe get through that, but then they got hit again with uh, more issues. They should do well out of rising in interest rates. And it's a very much a, a European kind of centric company these days. But when you tune in and try and watch some of their presentations, it's, it's just gobbledygook. I've got no idea what these guys do at the end of the day. They're, they're a payment system provider with gift cards and everything. They've got, some of their presentations are almost like university grade e-commerce presentations. And I come away just scratching my head thinking, I've got no idea what you guys do for a living or how you make any money. It's just, yeah. I, so in that respect, it's just, it is very much in that too hard basket. There's so many things out there that I can get my head around and think, oh, you know what? You dig stuff up, you sell it for a good price, it's simple. Yep. 
Okay. All right. Um, something that I think is a bit simpler is uh, Playside Studios. Uh, Henry Lockie wants a, a view on this. Playside Studios, the, the video game sort of uh, developers. I think Gary Glover, when we did that series last year on stocks that could change your life, uh, this was one of Gary's uh, suggestions at about 15, 10 or 15 cents, I think, at the time, from memory. Uh, what wow, do you think of Playside? Um, I've, I've liked Playside. I'm not a gamer, so I don't really understand it from that perspective, but I understand the, the size of the market, the scope of the opportunity, and the fact that these guys have been around a long time. They've made a number of acquisitions, which may or not may or may not work out. Um, they've got a couple of new games in the pipeline, Legally Blonde and The Godfather, a couple of their big sort of Hollywood name games mm. in the pipeline. I think they're doing beta versions of those at the moment. Clearly, it has suffered, as have many, because of the NASDAQ sell-down. Let's face it, when NASDAQ capitulates and falls, uh, the first thing that uh, Australian tech investors do is, is whack out our tech sector, which is tiny in comparison. And clearly, you know, it's, it's a different basis. But these guys have suffered. They're starting to find a bit of a base and pushing a bit higher. I think at these levels, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to use the nibble word because I think right. that's over, overplayed at the moment. I think this one is a buy. Hmm. Okay. And they've got uh, uh, good deals with some of the big studios in, uh, in the US that have set them apart. They have. Uh, they, they have. And they've got, you know, they've, they've got guys with skin in the game as well. Yeah, Playside Studios. Yeah, look, I think the thematic is really strong. I think people underestimate the market size. Yep, um, huge. You know, I've looked at uh, the the online gaming in Asia, and the exposure there is amazing. Mm. I mean, I don't think any other sport even comes close. People watch other people play sport. Oh. Massive. Online, it's just Massive. It, it makes no sense to me. But yep. it, you know, uh, I guess I'm getting old. Um, the younger generation, <laughs> that's a big thing. So yep. I, I think the future is huge, and the market is struggling to get it, the concept in their modeling, and they're trying to understand the market, so it's gonna take a bit of time. Um, it kind of reminds me of Bartek's early stage. It just takes time, you're gonna burn through cash. Yeah. But they've got a decent amount of cash. They're going through the process. I think the problem here is, as Henry said, it's the market. Yeah. You, you're hitting market, all the growth stocks that are going to deliver in five years, six years, are not gonna get the multiple they did, and that's gonna weigh on them. So I think over the next few months, they're going to struggle, but this is, again, it's a unique stock in a sector that's doing really well. So when the thematic starts to bring in revenue, this will have a huge run. Mm. So it is definitely one I want to have on my shopping list. It's not right now for the market, yep. but it's one I want to have on the shopping list. And yep. if it comes through well um, and numbers start to come through, then you just pile in. Because if you miss the first 10%, the first 20%, the first 30%, Forget it, that. Yeah. This thing, when it starts to run, there's a long run way big. to go. I right. don't know if this is the one that's going to be a winner, but this is in the right space. And when things start to run, everything in that space will okay. run. All right, watch that one. Uh, Tony wants a view on a stock that has run over the last year or two, Whitehaven Coal. Not exactly high tech, but a pure play uh, coal producer, which uh, I think Gaurav is a major shareholder in all of the, the major coal buyers. He's telling me I think he's got 30% of his personal portfolio in coal well, stocks at the moment. Yeah. So he's not an ESG type of person, yeah, obviously. Yes. But uh, what do you think of Whitehaven? We'll need to move it along a bit. Yeah, look, I mean, look, we've, we've, we've been positive on it simply because yeah. the thematic works. And it's still it, positive? Yeah, it still packs up. I mean, if you look at all the commodities, coal is actually the best performing commodity over the last yeah. three months compared to all the commodities that we look at. Yeah. So you just sit there and go, well, it's the best commodity and these assets are churning out cash and everything that we see tells me there's more and more supply restrictions and demand yeah. is going up. Guess what? It's going to keep doing well. It may change. It's not an ESG play. But at this point in the cycle, it's still doing well, and I think. Would you buy it at these levels? Oh, Have you missed the boat? Oh, it's hard. Uh, Big dividends. Any, yeah, I think anyone buying now is coming late. It might keep going higher. I don't yeah. know. But what I'm saying is, it's the dynamics of it is positive. Everything is working well. But the question would be is if we know that growth is going to slow down in the next yeah. three four months, is that going to hit call? I think it might not hit the energy sector as much as the rest but time will tell. So I wouldn't chase it, but no. damn, it's, it's, it's outperformed everyone. It. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Henry? 
Um, I only hope that ScoMo has uh, invested in coal the way he held coal in the, in the lower house uh, because he would be a very happy man at the moment. Uh, this, this thing has been extraordinary. So is New Hope, so is uh, Coronado, yep. so is um, YAL as well. They've, they've all been extraordinary. Would I buy it here? Ugh, you're coming late, as Nathan says. You're coming very late to this particular party. But at the moment, merry old coal is king, old king coal, and with the war in Ukraine, etc., it's hard to see that thematic changing. So it's it's a hold. I wouldn't be buying it here, but it's okay. a hold. All right. Um, and Henry, a final stock which we'll need to whip through. Ben wants to be on race oncology, the pharmaceutical uh, group, obviously in the uh, in the name. It's principally in the cancer field. Uh, it's got a couple of um, chemotherapy drugs in uh, uh, in clinical trials. Yeah, the race has all been one way for this one, Koshi, since, uh, I guess, since the market started falling over back at the end of March. And that's the nature of the beast here. Uh, they've got some interesting products. They've got 36 million odd in the bank. I don't, you know, these are just pure punts. If they get some good results, that's fantastic. But uh, it's it's hard work when you're pushing against the, uh, the sort of anti-tech, anti-biotech at the moment. Mm. But it's finding a bottom. If you've got it, I wouldn't be chucking it out by any stretch of the imagination. And maybe if you're looking at, at biotechs as a place to be, this could be one to look at. Okay, but I'll hold from you, um, Nathan. Yeah, yeah look, biotech uh, is not the place when inflation is pumping commodities. Yeah. Um, it's it's not the time for it. But look, it's it's come back a long way. Geez, these things you can say, it's come back and it goes back even more. Um, I think that risk is on the downside in the short term because yep. the cost will be hitting them. So the likelihood is their cost, cash cost will be keep rising. Uh, but it's one, if, you, if you're a believer and if you believe in management to deliver in this thing, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't chuck all of it out, maybe reduce some. And then, you know, when the market sentiment improves, go back yeah. in and add back into it. If you so with a stock like this coming up to the end of the end yeah, of June. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Do you, do you sell a few yeah, I, to it's get, a the ta- get the tax losses and hold Exactly, on and go in front of the traffic, right? right. Um, so if you flip, if you got some and you've made the loss, you flip it, right. uh, get rid of it, get the cash, wait, uh, as Henry said, maybe end of June, maybe early July, uh, when all of that is out of the market, Right. And then you probably will get it in. cheaper. You right. get back in. Okay. So if you believe in the stock, just manage your risk. So yep. you know it's you it's underperformed. There's not going to be much happening in the next month. Tax loss selling is going to yep. hit this. So yep. flip some, buy back. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final uh, five stocks this half hour. Uh, Globe is a no from Henry, a nibble from Nathan, EML a no from both. Uh, Playside a buy from Henry, and it's on uh, Nathan's watch list. A, a unique business. Uh, Whitehaven is a hold from both, and uh, Race Oncology a hold from Henry, um, and sort of just. From Nathan, check your portfolio if you need to switch it around a bit for tax reasons. But uh, you know, if you believe in the stock, um, stick with it. Uh, that's our show for today. Very big thank you to Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry, always great to see you. Thank you for chipping in today. Great to see today. you guys. Thanks for having me. And Nathan Thomas and Darren, always great to have you aboard for uh, for the call. Uh, if you'd like any stocks for us to cover here on the call, uh, email them to me at the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, you can find all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.